Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. Hello, and welcome back to another Dad Without Borders. And today, I'm doing another solo cast. And this is my opportunity to share some parenting wisdom for mostly for parents, dads particularly, mums listen as well. So I will say for parents that have young kids. Uh, I have a soon-to-be three-year-old and I have an eight-year-old. And so, yeah, I've been in the thick of it for quite a few years now. And I've leaned into some of my outdoor education experience as well. And so, yeah, it's just, it's this great opportunity to be able to share some of my experiences. So the other conversations that I have, uh, or the other episodes I have, I should say, are conversations with other dads and also professionals. So this is just my chance just to jump in every now and again when I have time to share some tips and tricks. So today I wanted to talk about meltdowns because I feel like with a toddler, um, both my boys are actually very different. My first boy, quite gentle. I can't ever remember him having a meltdown. Actually, once I remember him missing a nap and he was so uncomfortable in his own body, he was just freaking out as we were driving. He was strapped in in the back of uh, the vehicle in his car seat and he was so uncomfortable. He was just he was freaking out. And that was the one time I got a little bit loosey-goosey with the nap time. And he was, I mean, he would have been a solid three, I think, at that point. But man, he needed his nap. So that was my experience of missing a nap. I never missed a nap other than that. Because I would would always plan my day, whatever it would be, um, around him having a nap. Napping in the car, napping in a stroller getting home in time for the nap, whatever. Um, But I'd make sure the naps happened. And yeah, it just showed that one time what happens when you miss a nap. So yeah, not worth it. So that's my style anyway. I'm pretty into the routine. But yeah, he's a the eldest is a gentle, really gentle being. My youngest, he's a sweetheart, but man, does he have his boundaries. And he's strong, like he knows how to assert his boundaries. Maybe he's learned it from daycare, um, you know, where, and, but yeah, things like, you know, he, he wants personal space or he doesn't want you to touch him or he's, uh, he's not going to eat his food. Like he can be really stubborn um, and he's being raised by two parents who are both uh, Taurus, astrological sign, if you follow that kind of thing. So we're pretty headstrong, uh, but wow, he's, he's really a combination of the both of us. So very different boys. So I would say that most of the time for me, I'm planning ahead. I'm trying to avoid any meltdowns. I want to stop it in its track, see it coming, 
um, I'll use every trick in the book to keep um, them emotionally stable. But they can't regulate themselves, particularly when they're younger. And even when they're a bit older too, for the eight-year-old, I need to kind of see the hangry, you know, when they don't eat food and they start crashing. Or maybe they haven't been drinking enough water and they're getting grumpy. Um, maybe they didn't sleep very good last night. Or maybe they got a crappy diaper. Um, or nappy, as they say in England. Whatever it is, I try and see it coming. Um, and then kind of go through my checklist quickly to see what's going on for them. Like, why are they starting to react, you know, in a more negative way? Um, so, yeah, it's going to depend on the kid. It's going to depend on, you know, what the situation is. Of course, there's so many variables. Um, but first, I would always say check yourself. Um, first of all, they're going to pick up your energy. So if you're feeling stressed out and angry uh, maybe it's from work. Maybe you're frustrated with your partner. Maybe someone sent you a shitty text. You're dehydrated. You haven't eaten food. You're tired. All these factors lead to you reacting in a strong manner, um, either to your kid or your partner or anybody else in the house. So that's the first place. Honestly, check yourself and try and try and sort of maintain that calm. Um, you know, Try and take a moment to make sure maybe maybe you need to take a deep breath. You can see what's happening. You need to take a deep breath and step back a bit. Maybe going going in another room might help just for a second, just to take a deep breath. Maybe you need to drink a glass of water, eat a banana or, you know, have a snack so that you can start to regulate yourself if you're feeling a little bit out of whack. Um, which can be the case. You young kids, if you're working full time, it's easy to get stressed out, to not eat food, to not drink water, and to kind of get to the edge a little bit. The next thing I would say is check your expectations. I need to watch this sometimes because I've got an eight-year-old and an almost three-year-old. They re react very differently. I can't have the same expectations for the three-year-old than I, as well as the eight-year-old. So I've got to think about what are their, what's my expectations based on their, what's age appropriate. So toddler, they can't self-regulate in the same way that an eight-year-old can. But an eight-year-old also won't be able to catch themselves with some of their emotions. They might not realize what's going on. And it can be, again, water, food, you know, real basic things like that. And again, it sounds obvious, but if you're not, I see a lot of people sort of drop the ball on that one. Uh, in terms of, you know, even out and about at the playground, out on a trail, they don't bring water, they don't bring food. Of course, their kid's going to start getting a little bit shirty, um, frustrated and pushing back, being, you know, just with their boundaries kind of being all over the place, falling out with the other kids, starting to have a meltdown. It's going to happen. You know, food and water, it's so basic. My pockets are always stashed with food if I'm out and about. I've always got something on me to keep them going and some water. Um, what else would I say? Um, yeah, it is amazing um, how a young kid can react to your energy. Um, so if you're stressed out and tense, they will feel it. So a few simple things I'll do with my toddler. Um, just some basics. I always say to him, take a deep breath. And he's actually got really good at that. So 
I start this when they're quite when they're like two years old. Um, I may come in, depending on the situation, I'll sit him on my lap or hold him on my arms and I'll just get him to take three deep breaths with me. Very slow and calm, in the nose, out the mouth. Um, and I sort of exaggerate that breathing to him, especially when they're young, like really exaggerate it and get them to copy. And usually that can actually really help. Like that can really just change the energy for them. Those few deep breaths. Because the other thing you're doing too is you've got the touch because you're holding them or they're sitting on your lap. Um, and so they're feeling reassured and they're feeling safe. Whereas if you just go in frustrated and angry and you start telling them off or telling them, you might not get the same reaction. So you, you do it less as they get older, but it's still something that works for all of us is breathing, right? Like, so three deep, calm breaths really, really helps. Um, it also can calm you down. So you're both calming each other down at that point. So be gentle with movement. Tone of voice is really important too. Um, it, sometimes it grates me hearing somebody talk annoyingly calmly to their child, but actually it really helps when they're having that moment. Um, I think there is a time to sort of not raise your voice to not shouting. I'm not talking about that, but there's a time sometimes we need to raise your voice just to get noticed, um, particularly if it's a, something around danger and safety. But when they're kind of having their meltdown they're, or they're just about to hit the wall, yeah, calm voice and talking to them softly, but firmly. That's my approach. Um, all these things can help create a sense of safety. Um, and I would say too, in general, once you've established certain patterns of how you will react to things, I find things get easier because they know what to expect. Whereas if you're up and down emotionally and you're reacting differently all the time, particularly shouting or flying off the wall with them, uh, it's not generally going to help them to calm down and feel safe. Um, so those are some th simple things that I do, breathing work and then, you know, the touch, talking calmly, firmly. Um, and what could be an example of this? It might be that I'm just wanting him to come upstairs to get changed changed out of his pajamas or maybe changed um, into his pajamas. Uh, it could be something to do with like, you know, he's got a shitty diaper or a nappy if you're in the UK. And so I want to get him upstairs. Things like that, he can really resist sometimes and really push back hard in a way that my other kid didn't. So the younger one, firmer. I have to be firm with him and yeah. I would say that's mainly the main thing with him. But also, and this is another one I wanted to share with everybody, is just the energy shift. Now, it's something that I'm sure a lot of people do, but it's that distraction. So I try and make things into a game. So if I'm trying to get him upstairs, maybe I have a race upstairs. Uh, he can chase daddy. We can both crawl upstairs like being tigers or doggies. I'm really up for playing, being playful. Um, and just kind of getting down to his level because yeah make it fun um and if you kind of make it into a game suddenly his energy can shift he's like oh we're chasing oh great i know that one um maybe there's a toy that we can go upstairs and find in his bedroom again i'm not trying to do the reward thing but i'm trying to take shift his energy to make him think about something else other than 
resisting me. Um, although I do love him having autonomy and I like him having choices. So sometimes I'll give him two choices maybe, but um, what could that be? I can't really think of an example right now, but yeah, I would definitely get him to choose between a couple of options. Uh, maybe it's food. Maybe he's resistant to food. That happens. And I, I know he needs to eat. And maybe that's why he's getting resistant is because he's starting to crash. So I give him a choice. I'm like, you got these, two, you're going to eat one of these two things, you know, so at least he's having a choice. And I find because he's strong willed, him feeling he's got some autonomy really helps. He's like, okay, I'm choosing this. I've got control. So it's kind of, that's kind of a Jedi mind trick that I try and it works a lot of the time. Um, so making it fun, making it things into a game, shifting his energy to think about something else. Maybe I'm getting him excited to go upstairs to get dressed because when he's dressed, we're going outside on a bike ride or I'll just come up with something we're going to do. We're going to come up with an activity or we're going to go and see your friends. So creating sort of, again, sort of, it's not really a reward so much, but like, um, I'm now shifting his expectations for what's about to happen. It's, he's now thinking about the fun thing we're going to do. He doesn't need to resist anymore so much. Um, 90% of the time, this usually works. Um, what else would I say? Uh, I didn't really have to do that with my first boy. And part of that, I think, was single parenting. When you're single parenting, it's just you and them. They know how, they don't, they know how you're going to react. So they, they don't bounce their energy off the two different parents. They don't play you against each other in a way. Uh, it's just like, I'm firm. These are my rules. And they know the rules. They know the boundaries. Because I think you do need to have a routine. You do have to have boundaries. And you know, there are some things that they just, yeah, we can't argue about food. He needs to eat his food, right? Um, he knows there's consequences to actions. Um, so if I don't get a response to him going upstairs, and I'm talking about like a two, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, if he's not going to want to go upstairs to get changed, for example, as an easy um, example to think of, then I might ask him twice and then I'm done. After that, I'm done. Uh, I'm going to pick him up and if he's going to cry, that's fine. I've got no problem with him crying. I know that some parents, they'll do anything to stop their kid crying. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions and release them in that way. I don't see anything wrong with that. And what will happen is he'll often just, as I'm picking him up and walking, um, he's going to cry. He's going to get out really quickly. By the time we're upstairs, he's done. He's usually finished crying. And I'm just going, I'm working through the motions and he gets it. He's like, oh yeah, this is happening. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to just go along with it. There's no point in me resisting and screaming and shouting and stuff. So I do feel that being firm um, and just sort of carrying out what you said you're going to do, like, okay, we're going upstairs. So you can choose to walk up or I'm going to carry you. I'll ask him a couple of times. That doesn't happen anymore. He'll just do it. He knows, he knows the deal. He knows he's got to change his diaper. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, so that's what I would say. So consequences, actions too, are that, well, he knows how I'm going to react. He gets used to it. So I'm consistent with that. Um, and the other thing is if he does just need to get it out, and sometimes he just does, he needs to, whatever, he's worked up. He needs to have a little cry. I will sit him on a step 
Now the step I'll sit him on is right in the middle of the room, just the way that our house is organized. Don't put them in their room. Their room is the fun place with the toys. They can make a huge mess. They can like, do you know what I mean? They can slam the door. They, it just becomes a nightmare. When they're younger, I put them somewhere that where they can see everybody in the room. They can see the rest of the family. And you're consistent. They get up, you put them back down. They get up, you put them back down. And you do the same thing as many times as it takes so they know that they're not shifting from that seat. And I don't suddenly give up on them. I let them get it out and I talk to him while he's having a cry. And again, I don't have to do this very much. It's a couple of times. He's just feeling emotional. Sometimes, sure, I might soothe him, but this, and I, you just have to figure that out. Is, it, is this the time you need to soothe them? But he doesn't get to be soothed and just, he needs to just understand that it's not a, you, he just needs to get it out. It's like, you're being unreasonable right now. You just have a sit, just let it cry out. And I'm right there with him. And if I have to sit there with him and put my arm around him, I will. Because um, I don't want it to be to the point of it. He's being traumatized in some way, but I find it really works. Just having a little time out, just have a moment, breathe through, let your tears flow for a second here. Okay, now I'm going to soothe you and we're going to talk about it. Um, and that's fine. Mostly sitting together and doing three breaths and talking things through that works the best but if they really have hit the wall and they're just for whatever reason sit down with them or sit them on the step and just let them get out let them have a, a moment um and i do find that works and i don't think it's traumatic to be doing that he's there with you you're not shutting him away in a room where he's going to cry and freak out wondering why he's been put in the room because he can't regulate his emotions he's there with you um so i do find that works really well um but yeah, otherwise, the art of distraction or shifting energy. I've heard of some people, we had Jacob on the show a few months ago, and he was talking about uh, getting his kids to run around the house, you know, um, just shifting it, dancing, put music on and start dancing. Um, you could, I like to tell stories um, sometimes, and yeah, just sort of keep them entertained, keep talking to them so they don't really have space to sort of start melting down. Um, so sometimes that would be him waking up in the back of a car and I've got to get him from the car into the house, um, up into his bedroom. Or maybe actually he's coming in for dinner. He's driven back from daycare. This happens sometimes. He'll fall asleep. Mum will message me from the car and say, can you come and grab him? Because he's fallen asleep. He tends to react for whatever reason. He tends to react better from me in those situations. So I'll scoop him up and I'll just start talking to him. I'm talking to him and telling him story and telling him what we're doing. So that, because that is a time where he will melt down. He's woken up and he's suddenly freaking out because um, he's exhausted and he's confused as to where he is. Um, so yeah, I try and be, I just try and move everything really quick. I scoop him up, I talk to him, we move fast into the house um, and then I just kind of keep holding him. And I find that helps too, that reassurance and that safety. If I hold him and talk to him and tell him what's going on, and maybe telling him a little story um, and soothe him. We, I tend to avoid the meltdown, um, but I have to move fast. If I pause at any time as I'm unstrapping him from that car seat, there's a good chance that the, the pin may be pulled and he's going to be screaming. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do. Like keep my energy nice and calm when I'm picking him up like that. Um, yeah, what else can I say about that? Yeah, I think that's kind of it on that one um 
and yeah maybe i get them excited about feeding the dog or we are the kind of family we don't we do do it regularly like he does have screen time he will watch cartoons i am okay with that we don't do it too much we definitely keep it on the down low but when we need to if he's super tired or sick um occasionally yeah we'll stick him in front of a cartoon um and so maybe that's something i do or yeah as he's waking up getting him from the car to the house cartoon help me feed the dog get him excited about a toy that he's got in the house whatever it is but yeah shifting the energy another time uh, i can think of in terms of distraction was taking him out i think we were i was trying to get him in the car um to go with his mom to daycare and i could see that he was about to melt down we were outside and i could see that he was about to melt down and so in that case I started to talk about fire engines and get him excited about fire engines because there's a fire station not very like a stone's throw from where we live so i said to him if you get in the car mummy can take you to see the fire engines wouldn't that be so cool and he's so excited about fire engines and i know that's a thing for him that of course immediately he's like i want to get in the car because i want to go see the fire engines um but of course, by the time he's in the car strapped in and mum drives off, he's forgotten about the fire engines. So mum ends up just driving past the fire station and heading off to the daycare and to work. But things like that, like always thinking of a dist way to distract them, to get them, I guess, to do the thing that you want them to do. Um, and usually there's a reason for it, right? Food, going to daycare, going to have a bath, going to sleep, yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, so shifting the energy, thinking about ways of distraction, um, thinking about your energy, um, thinking about your expectations based on their age, thinking about being consistent. Um, routine, I find, is really, really good because if they know, if they feel safe, if they know what to expect, then I find they will react very differently the, compared to every, something being done differently every time. So bedtime routines, huge. Morning routines, huge. Uh, regular nap time, it works, whether you like it or not. I don't know why people resist the nap. I think it helps break the day up um, for the adults as well. Uh, you just have to plan around it, whether that be them sleeping in a vehicle, sleeping in a stroller. You know, you can go out and do things. But, but yeah, meltdowns, tough to deal with. Um, so yeah, if you start to get tactical and plan ahead, I think you can avoid it and a lot of the time too it's our energy and the way that we're reacting to the world around us so the calmer your energy the calmer you are uh, they will pick up on that um, and you know those people you know people that you have in your life or you've had in your life that are sort of stressed out kind of type people and you know those people that are very calm to be around you know so try and lean into being that calmer sort of energy when it comes to parenting Okay, that's me now. Um, hopefully, if you're a parent with young kids, some of that, you know, it may resonate. There may be a few things in there that you can pick up and use. Um, got some really good guests coming up. I had an amazing talk today with um, a dad in the UK who was talking about um, a shamanic ceremony in Peru, in a Peruvian jungle. Um, that really sort of set him up to be the dad that he is today. And yeah, really fascinating. He's also got twins 
and they're toddlers and they're also doing some work. Well, I won't say any more actually. I'll leave it there, but he, he's got some really interesting things to share. So that was super fun. I got speaking to a sex therapist this Friday and she's going to be coming on the show. Well, the show will come out in the next few weeks um, with her as well. Um, so yeah, got some good stuff coming up um, and there's other dads as well lined up. So check out this Wednesday. There will be, so just in a couple of days here or the next episode, if you're listening to this, the next episode will be Sean Larson um, introducing him. He was on the last episode, but it's introducing him in a more formal kind of way with him sharing his studies that he's done into men transitioning into fatherhood, which I think for any dad would be interesting to listen to. Uh, so check that out coming up. So yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Um, I have been getting some great emails and uh, direct messages on Instagram. So if you had any questions or feedback for the show, um, things you want to hear more of, if you have a dad that you know that would be a great guest or maybe you would like to be a guest, then yeah, please reach out. Um, I'm Yeah, it's been really good to kind of mix it up and have lots of different dads and different experiences to share. So I want to keep that going. And yeah, it's just always really nice to hear from people. I will just say, though, it is really nice on the map when I look at the statistics for the podcast of seeing people literally all over the world checking into the podcast. Um, so, yeah, huge shout out to Iceland. I'll give a shout out to Iceland, Germany. Um, who else has been listening? I've noticed uh, California. We've got some listeners down there. Um, Denver, I saw today as well um, in Colorado, uh, Ontario. Australia, Thailand, India, everywhere. Dad, there's dads everywhere, it turns out. Who knew? Um, so yeah, so thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time here at Dad Without Borders. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders and a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.